What's up everybody? Welcome back to the Stay United podcast. Here to speak about a lot of things today, including United's win against Aston Villa and the Edison Cavani contract extension. Before I get into that, remember to follow at StayUTDPod on Instagram and Twitter in order to know when new episodes are being released and to speak with a Manchester United and football fan that many of you are. This is going to be a busy week. Well, 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 Manchester United end up winning 3-1 against Aston Villa and it's a big, big win in terms of United getting top four, of course, and finishing in second place, which we all want to do because it would be a sign of progress. Um, In terms of the game, like I said, big, big win in terms of top four. But in terms of the game, I thought United started quickly as they usually do, you know, created a couple chances, even within that quick start, which was pleasant to see. The pressing intensity was great for most of the half, probably, well, I wouldn't say most of it for, but probably the first 20 or so minutes before we conceded the goal, minutes up until that. And, you know, what it was, it was a great goal by Traore. But things I want to pick out were the defensive mistakes in our own half, which I feel like is a huge weakness in this team, you know. Um, first of all, we lost the ball in our own half, you know, from that poor pass from Fred. And the ball came down from the air and you tried to tap it and it was all wrong. And then when the ball was played into Triore. Lindelof had an opportunity to clear the ball, but almost was caught in two minds. You know, he poked the ball, but it was far from decisive. And once he was spun, it was just a great strike by the player, but it was very, very preventable. You know, three different mistakes leading to goal, and that is far from good enough. And like I said, losing the ball in our own half, playing out the back, however you want to say it, has been a weakness of this team this season and one of the main reasons why we do concede the goals we concede because if you do notice we concede a lot of goals of mistakes defensive mistakes whether it's to do with our midfield it's our defense and that is going to have to be a point of focus when we are looking for players to bring in in the transfer window as we should be doing you know that is a message to the board we should be looking to improve this team, improve by buying a centre-back, by buying a defensive midfielder, a right midfielder that will help, you know, someone that's less focused on scoring goals but creating them in the end of the day. And another thing about us is that after conceding, which is already bad, It takes us a minute to gain composure again, which can be dangerous against the top teams. You know, you play a team against Villa, no disrespect, they might be happy with the goal looking looking to see out the half. A team like Manchester City are going for more, they're going at your necks. You know, so we have to stop making those midfield and defensive mistakes and we will concede less. It's as simple as that. And like I said, once again... That's all about improving the players in our midfield and the centre-backs most importantly as well. I thought in the second half now, that is when we turn it up a bit. You know, our equaliser was a little bit lucky, but it was deserved because we came out 
energetic from the start of the second half to the very end of it. And, and we got the rewards we we deserved. You know, we really pushed. Kind of like at the start of the game, but I thought we even played better than that. We really, our intensity went up, our urgency went up. And, and that's what we need to see from this team. Not just in 45 minutes, but for 90 minutes as a whole. And that's, you know, that's probably an a area to develop in for this team. Can we be a consistent team over 90 minutes, over a 30-plus, 40-plus game season? That is our next level of development to, to be seeing this team become Premier League champions, Champions League winners, you know? That is our next area of development. Um, look, Bruno does what he does from the penalty spot. And like I said, it was all about the mentality of the team after that. Wanting to push forward and score again quickly. You know, credit to Aaron Wan-Bissaka. I thought in the first half, like a few of the players, a bit lackadaisical. But after that, you know, it's clear Ole's telling him, push up a bit more. And obviously, he fed in Mason Greenwood. And after that, it was all about Mason. You know, the ability to feel the defender over committing on you, using the body to spin past him and strike it near post. Top class finish. And... You know, I always said when I was watching the game, I felt like there was one more goal in it, whether that was for Villa and United. And I said, I hope that United do get that third goal. And when Edison Cavani came on, I just couldn't help but think that something was going to come his way. And so it did. And it was great, a great bit of movement by him, obviously moving towards the ball and that glancing header. Keeper had no chance. And that was that. On to the player ratings for that Aston Villa game. I'm going to get straight into it because this is going to be a long episode of the podcast. So Dean Henderson, I gave a six. Solid game. I didn't have much to do. So that's why I gave him a six. Just solid average game. Aaron Wambisakra gave a six. Played very well in the second half, in my opinion. Pushed up more, which is what he had to do. And and got the assist for the Greenwood goal. And that's what I want to see from Aaron Wambisaka. Getting more involved in the attacking end as well. Because you see Luke Shaw, he pushes forward. But sometimes Aaron Wambisaka, there's a bit of hesitancy when it comes to going forward. We need to see that eradicated from his game. Victor Lindelof gave a five. Very weak defensively today. Often got bullied by the likes of Watkins and, and Traore, who just physically overpowered him. Harry Maguire gave a seven. Was the solid centre-back up until his injury. And hopefully he's okay because I uh, haven't heard anything yet, but I'm sure we will very soon. Luke Shaw, seven. Positive going forward. Played the ball quickly as usual and combined well with Paul Pogba on the wing, which is almost turning into a, a very good partnership. Uh, Fred, I gave a four. Reckless in possession and gave away some unnecessary fouls in dangerous areas. Something that Fred has to improve on and which is the reason why a lot of Man United fans, including myself, don't think he is that quality that we need in the midfield and why we need to get another midfielder to accompany the likes of Paul Pogba or Donny van der Beek who I hope gets more playing time come next season. Scott McTominay, five, wasn't heavily involved in the game at all. Didn't really take any risks in his passing, which is a huge weakness in our midfield. 
You know, I just got finished watching the Behind the Lines episode with Wayne Rooney, Rio Ferdinand and Marcus Rashford. They showed one of the throwback counter-attack goals against Arsenal, which started from Rooney, Rooney sorry, using his body to shield the ball and play a pass to Nani rather than doing the easy thing and playing the ball back to a defender. Two different players and positions, yes. But I would love to see our midfield two players make an effort to become better passers of the ball and be more ambitious about the way they distribute. I'm not saying every time you look to, to play a dangerous pass through the lines, but every once in a, you know, in a blue moon, when you have the opportunity to do it, you do it. Don't you know second guess it and then lose the opportunity so you have to play backwards and sideways. You punch that pass through so that we can get an attack going. Paul Pogba, I gave a six. Very sharp on the ball, combined well with Shaw, as I said, and he's always a threat with his passing abilities. You know, I had my things to say about Pogba on the wing, but he is that good of a player to even be affecting the game playing there. You know, all they deserve credit for letting him also go inside and play through the middle at times as well as, well, as well, higher up on the pitch, which is something that he's benefiting from. Because I think when he plays him in the CDM position next to a Fred and McTominay, he's often playing those deep balls and doesn't, you know, it takes him a bit longer to get up the pitch, whereas when he's on the wing, he's already in that final third area. So it's easy for him just to receive the ball and start affecting it. And, and he's already a dangerous player in any position he plays in, but he's, he's finding ways to become even more dangerous on the wing. Marcus Rashford, I gave a six. Was lively at times in the game, but didn't have a huge impact. A couple opportunities to make dangerous passes, but they didn't come off, unfortunately. Uh, Bruno Fernandes, I gave a six. Was energetic during the game, got his goal from the spot. And despite not having his best game, still found a way. Still found a way to impact it with his uh, goal and mentality. You know, sometimes just seeing a guy give 100% effort at all times makes you want to do the same and Mason Greenwood I gave a seven took his goal really well again and is ending the season confidently which is nice to see after a tough start of course uh, the subs I gave by a standard five and Edison Cavani a seven another big goal to see seal the win of course and just great movement you know he's going towards the ball keeping defenders occupied which can create chances for other players as well just a brilliant player and a crucial win for top four and finishing in second place overall. Moving on quickly to the next positive bit of news. Before previewing the Leicester game, of course, Edison Cavani himself has signed a one-year contract extension with United. The official announcement not out yet, but it has been completed, as said, by Fabrizio Romano on Twitter. A lot of people, including myself, were very sceptical of this move at the start of this season because it was clearly a panic move. You know, once again, that is down to the poor job that the board and Ed Woodward was doing while looking to sign players in the summer. Last summer, of course. Spent so long looking at, uh, you know, looking to get Jaden Sancho, didn't end up getting him. So they had to act in panic, which is what they did. And regardless of that, 
Cavani had to prove himself and he did prove himself, especially towards this tail end of the season. You know, he has had injuries as predicted, but his impact on this team stats-wise and leadership-wise is clear to see. And I'm happy that Ole was able to convince him to stay at least one more year so that we have someone like him giving his leadership and knowledge to players like Marcus Rashford and Mason Greenwood and even some of the young players coming up. It's so, so valuable to have experienced players that have been at the top of the game. One of the best players in the world like Cavani is. It's so valuable to have their knowledge within that group because it just helps everybody to improve. On to the Leicester preview now, which of course is on Tuesday. Tomorrow I'm recording on Monday currently, but yes, it's on Tuesday. Very very quick turnaround after playing on Sunday so there will have to be rotations to the team you know getting that win against Villa takes the pressure off us a little and more on Leicester it puts more pressure on them who are hitting bad form at the wrong time of the season you know they had a crushing loss last time out against Newcastle of all teams 4-2 so they're in desperate need of just settling the ship in terms of team news no more injuries except for the Maguire one which happened on Sunday unfortunate that one but we haven't found out how long he's going to be out for and, and to what extent the problem is so hopefully that isn't too bad and the usual suspects Daniel James and Anthony Martial are missing through injury but that is about it you know they said he has no choice but to rotate and that is as blunt as it gets you know you can't play on a Sunday and play a play the same team only a couple days later you got to look at a bigger picture and look ahead to the more important games like the Europa League final also we have Liverpool a few days later so you have to look ahead to that as well so maybe Leicester is a little down in the pecking order compared to some of the games we have coming up of course you know you lose a player now there's a big chance that they're missing for the likes of the Europa League final. We don't want that. We don't want any injuries that are going to, you know, dampen our chances of, of, of winning this competition and getting that silverware come the end of the season. In terms of my predicted lineup, always be sure to share yours on Instagram and Twitter at StayUTDPod. You know, debate with the community, trying to build one here with... You know, obviously we, we have people watching and I love to interact with people all the time on Twitter. And that's one thing I do need to do more. Stay a bit more consistent on Twitter and Instagram and just interact with rival fans, fans of Manchester United as a whole. Because I do love to do that. And I think sometimes life can get ahead of things. But that's one thing that I really want to improve on. And I will be doing it in the coming weeks, months and years because... This is a long-term thing for me. I love Manchester United. I love speaking about football. So, you know, I won't be stopping this anytime soon. So be sure to also join this community and communicate with others. You know, bring others into the community. And communicate with me, communicate with them and just find new people because that's the best thing you can do in football is the communication between the fan bases, you know. But over to the lineup. Um, I'm predicting Dean Henderson to be in goal. It's a Premier League keeper. At right back, I either said Aaron Wambisaka 
or Axel Twanzebi. Now you can play, you could probably play Twanzebi and give Wambisaka a rest for the Liverpool game. Um, it's either either on this one because you wanna you wanna do a thing where you don't want to make too many changes, but in a situation like this, you kind of have to make the changes. So maybe I pick Axel Twanzebi at right back. Two centre backs. I have a feeling it would be Bayern Lindelof, obviously. Maguire is going to be out for this game for sure. So I have a feeling it will be Eric Bailly and Victor Lindelof. Left back, I'm saying Alex Tellez. Give Luke Shaw that rest and make sure he's all fresh and recovered. You, we, we already know about that one. So give Alex Tellez his game time. In the midfield... I figured it might be uh, Nemanja Matic and Scott McTominay. I'm looking at Fred. He's played, played the last two games, Roma, and then the one on Sunday. So I feel that Scott McTominay may be the one to start next to Nemanja Matic, maybe. Um, on the wings, I said Mason Greenwood. We start on the right. And Donny van der Beek on the left. Once again, want to give that rest to Paul Pogba. He's a crucial part of our plans. Um... So yeah, and and Mason Greenwood, he's he's in good form currently. And like I said, we can't rotate the whole team. We still have to put out a team where it's decent enough to get a result in this game. So that's why I'm going with Greenwood. And I'm also going with Bruno Fernandes. I think he's going to be important in this game. If we could possibly rest him, brilliant. But then that would probably involve moving Donny van der Beek in his position Maybe putting a guy like Amadiallo on the left or someone else like that. And up front, I put in Edison Cavani, obviously. Didn't play the full night. He came on, what is it, after 60-odd minutes in the second half. So he should be able to play with this one. You could possibly bring him off later in the game as well. Just to give him that little bit of rest. But listen, and in one of the later podcasts, just because so much things have been going on, I'm going to speak about... The, uh, the the letter or the reply to um, that Joe Glazer writ to, um, was it Master? I keep on forgetting their name. I'm terrible with that. But yeah, they obviously sent the Glazers a letter demanding certain things. And Joe Glazers promised almost that fans will be more involved within the club. And I'll speak about that more in depth on a later podcast. Um yeah, because that's that's interesting. And one thing I want to make sure is that people don't let up on this. Because he could be saying that. But what what does... what He still has the power. He still possesses the power to make the decision within the club. So just because fans may have a, a little bit more of a voice doesn't mean they can make decisions like he can. So don't let up on this. You know, this battle isn't over. And we still want the Glazers out. So let's not forget that. But in terms of the podcast, remember to follow at StayUTDPod on Instagram and Twitter in order to know when new episodes are being released and to speak with a Manchester United and football fan that many of you are. The Stay United podcast is on many platforms including Spotify, Apple Podcasts and Google Podcasts. So be sure to listen and share it to your family and friends if you enjoy. Thank you for all the support as always. And remember to hold social media platforms and governing bodies accountable for the racism 
prejudiced behavior that happens so that rule change can finally start to be achieved and until the next time enjoy the game Leicester tomorrow let's get this win come on united and stay united my peoples Upset!